Good evening, everybody. Pastor John here, and we are on day 20. This is day 20 um, of 50 days of preparation, and um, I'm just excited about tonight. Man, I was fired up last night. Hope you got to watch it. If not, go back and watch uh, last night and, and the weeks before, and take your time with it. I mean, be committed be committed when you watch it, but take your time. Don't, don't rush it. At least do a video every day. Spend time with God in the Word every day. Make sure you read and, and say over and over three to four times a day. Spend a few minutes reading and declaring uh, the, that week's verse, which this week it's 2 Timothy 3. 16 and 17. Tomorrow, I'll give you another verse that we'll go into for the next couple of days. But um, I want you to, I want you to just be, you know, changing the routines of your life by spending time with God and being in the Word, and and then to catch up on some of these videos. You know, um, watch one in the morning, watch one at night, or you know, something like that, and and get you to get caught up on. The different videos. Um, you could stay watching the new one and then go back and watch, you know, where you were or however you want to do it. And then if you know somebody, like if you're ever watching the videos and, and the, especially, you know, if you feel like the Lord is speaking to your heart and you're watching one of these videos and you think, goodness, you know, I know somebody, you know, I know whoever, yeah, I know somebody and God brings them to your heart. Like this person needs to know what I know now. They're like, they need to know this. Is, they would really eat this up. They really need to know this. Um, then, then share, send them the link and invite them to come into the group uh, and then be there to help encourage them, follow up with them, you know, disciple them, spend time with them, tell them, watch a video and then let's talk about it. You know, and, and you can, as you pray and the Lord lays people upon your heart, you know, just share it with them. Just say, hey, in, in the safety of your own home, you can watch some of these videos and then let's talk. And I would love to hear what what you think about it, what God is showing you about it. And so you can invite them to the group and then just kind of be there to help shepherd them along the way and help encourage them along the way. I want you to open your Bible tonight to Philippians chapter two. Uh, we're going to be there just for a minute, and then we're going to jump to Galatians chapter 5. And, and guys, uh, you know, um, I'm stirred up. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm stirred up. Uh, God is doing something in me, uh, and I'm so glad that God doesn't just save us and then leave us until he comes back to get us when we go to heaven, that he's, he's a present God, and he's present building us and growing us, that, that he's continually increasing us. And, and I just sense that as I've been, you know, focusing in on prayer and focusing in, you know, on the word. Uh, I've always been in the word. I'm a man of prayer. Uh, but as I, I just dial into more of this and the responsibility of teaching the word every day, uh, you know, for 50 days, it's a, it's a lot. It's it's interrupted the routine of our life. And Sarah and I have had to make great adjustments to 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 fill this routine. I, I didn't I didn't know it was going to be this demanding, but it's worth it. It's worth it because God is doing a work in in myself. He's doing a work in Sarah. I see him doing a work in you. I know he's doing a work in you. And I believe the best is yet to come. 
And so um, I want to pray, and then we're going to start tonight in Philippians. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 is where we're going to be. If you want to open up there, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that your grace has given us acceptance. Your grace has given us ability from heaven, God. We thank you that, that you have just redeemed us by the blood of the Lamb, that we are a redeemed people, God, and the redeemed of the Lord will say so. The righteous will be bold as a lion, God. We're not going to shrink back. We're not going to cower down in fear to unrighteousness, God. We thank you that you are building us and growing us and strengthening us to be a voice of your love, to be a voice of your righteousness, and you're going to Use us, God, to make an impact in this world. And we thank you for tonight, that tonight this word is going to leap off the page and transform us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse, we'll just read verse, um, we'll look at 12, verse 12 and 13. So uh, when you got it, let me hear it. Got it? I love when y'all begin to say that. And uh, verse 12, therefore, my beloved... As you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, um, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That just means with, with a real healthy sense of divine respect. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So what I want you to see, first of all, is working out. Just underline, if you, got a, if you have a Bible, you can write in, underline the word work out, and then underline the words work in. So our job is to, our job is to work out what God works in us. So, so we have been made new. We've been made new. See, the old man, sin, was living here. And sin and the culture of sin, we were slaves to sin. And that slavery to sin uh, that, that, you know, that we were sold into because of Adam created a sin culture in our life. And our flesh, the mindset of our flesh and our soul and the, the, our brain and the members of our body were contaminated and, and, uh, and were trained under the culture of sin. So sin you know, permeated our, our lives at every level, on a physical level, on a natural level, on an emotional level, and, and deep in our hearts, because it was rooted, we were dead in sin. But then we believed in Christ, and Christ redeemed us, saved us from our sin. And what he did, because remember, we're crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. He lives here. He lives in your spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. You have the spirit of Christ in you if you're a born again believer. And so now from here, what happens is you got to work out your salvation. And working out your salvation is literally working out, releasing what God works in you. And that's all. That's what our job is. After we we make a decision to believe in Jesus and follow Jesus. And from there, every day we make a decision to keep following Jesus. We don't get saved day after day after day. 
but we live saved. We work out our salvation day after day after day. So this mentality that a lot of church people have, which really comes from either being a misunderstanding of being under the law or a real misunderstanding to the other extreme of some goofy grace that that doesn't teach us and, you know, to walk in holiness and righteousness and and excuses us to sin to where we don't have to obey God and we don't have to work out our salvation. That that's just goofy. It's just not grace. It's not grace if that's what somebody's using it as. Because Jesus saved me from my sin. He didn't save me and take the penalty of sin and the punishment of sin and redeem me from slavery of sin so I could go live in sin. I mean, think about this. You've heard of sex trafficking. When people are captured and brought, you know, into into the sex trade and they're slaves, you know, to the sex trade industry and and their horrible things happen. Well, you were, you were, you know, you were, you know, traded in sin. You're in, you're in the sin trade industry. You, you were, you were brought into sin and Jesus saved you from sin, but he didn't save you from sin so you can go back and enjoy it. That don't make any sense. So he works in you. Two things he works in you. He works in you to will and to do. And if you remember in the soul, the soul has those three main parts. There's probably multiple parts, but three main parts. Our mind, which is, which is the part of us that says, I think. Our emotions, the part of us that says, I feel. And our will, our will, the part that says, I want, like our desires. And so what God does is God from Christ in our spirit, he will actually work in us to create the will and desire to actually be doers of his word and release the good works of God's righteousness through our lives. That's what he'll do. But we have to take our bodies and our our mind, emotions and our will, and we have to submit them to Christ in us. And what I mean by that is we have to get a vision and a passion about righteousness living through our lives. Not righteousness like I have to live righteous so God will love me or a fear based righteousness. I have to live righteous or I'm going to be judged. But a righteousness, I want to I want to live righteous because he's righteous and he's awesome and he loved me and he saved me from the slavery of sin and he redeemed me and he gave me the gift of his righteousness and I want to release that righteousness to glorify him and because righteousness for me is better than unrighteousness. Anybody who lives in unrighteousness and then lives in the righteousness of God There's no way to say unrighteousness is better. There's no way. There's no way you can say unrighteousness is better. And that living in the pleasure of sin is better than living in the pleasure of God. What are you talking about, man? You know, I've I've heard old preachers say, you know, I've been high by this and high by that and high. But tell you what, there ain't no high like the most high. He is amazing. And when we when we yield ourselves to him and not just go to church on Sunday, but we yield our life to him every day. And we then what happens is we're saying, God, I trust you. 
I put faith in Christ in me. And so work out your salvation through me and start by by changing my will. God. So this is a great prayer. God, not my will be done. I say no to my will. No, no. Deny yourself. No, no. I don't want my will. I don't care how many cravings you have. I don't care what your emotions are saying. I don't care what your thoughts are. I don't care if something's urging up in you and saying, I want sin. You say, no, no, I'm a new man. No, I'm a new man. Unrighteousness does match my new idea in Christ. Unrighteousness and the culture of sin that lives in my body and in my soul does not live in my spirit. This is not my identity. This is my identity. So I'm not going to let my soul and my body that was trained by an old identity of sin and unrighteousness. I'm not going to allow that culture to squash and deny Christ living his life through me. I'm going to let who I am now in Christ deny my flesh from doing what it used to do. I'm going to make a decision to follow Jesus every day, regardless of what I think, regardless of what I feel and regardless of what I want. I'm going to deny myself every day, take up my cross, which means take up the finished work of Jesus. What that means is don't walk around. Oh, woe is me. That's not taking up your cross. Taking up your cross is taking up the revelation that the cross worked. That I have been made new and I deny myself and I will cultivate in me. I will cultivate in me here what Jesus Christ has put in me here. I will take the, the, the righteousness of God's spirit and I will cultivate it in the rest of my life by taking one thought at a time. One emotion at a time and one desire at a time and grabbing it by the neck and bringing it into obedience to Christ. And I make a decision. That's it. I make a decision because Christ has not only given me permission to live in righteousness. He's also given me the power to do so. That's grace. So look in Galatians chapter five. Look in Galatians chapter five. Uh, This is an amazing chapter. I don't know how much we'll get through tonight. Uh, But Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. And this is kind of the heartbeat tonight of walk in the spirit. And so let's let's look at this. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. Man, the whole chapter is good, though. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, if you're working out. What he works in, if you're walking in the spirit, you're already occupied in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh because the force of God's spirit will overwhelm you. And and sin won't be that big a temptation. Because it's kind of like, you know, you go to the grocery store when you're empty and you're hungry, you're going to buy everything. But if you go to the grocery store when you're full, you're not going to buy as much. So if you go into your day, having been 
having been a sense of spending time with God and having denied yourself and and made a decision that day that I'm going to walk with Jesus and I'm going to work out my salvation, then you begin your day walking in the spirit and the temptations that come your way won't be that difficult. You just look at him and say, no, I don't want that. That's not who I am. I don't want that. No, no. So that's what walking in the spirit means. Verse 17, for the flesh... The flesh, which is right here, the flesh is not your identity. The flesh is not your identity. The flesh, the culture of sin that was trained by your old identity in sin. But it's not it's not who you are. It's not who you are, so you can change it. So the flesh lust or wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and those who are because they are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if if you are led by the spirit, if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, uh, Uh, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, uh, envy, murderers, drunkenness, rivalries, and, and, and the like, meaning there's a bigger list than what we got time to go over. And he says, he says this, of which I told you beforehand, and I also uh, told you in times past, that those who practice, that word practice actually speaks to habits. Habits that your brain and your body through the members of your body, through the chemical makeup and the muscle memory and the cellular 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 memory. What happens is sin trains your members. That's why you need training in righteousness to retrain your brain. (laughs) And to retrain the your brain and your emotions, your brain and your mind to retrain them according to the new you. Who's in you, which is Christ in you. And and so those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit, verse 22, is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such there is no law. Watch this. And those who are Christ. Those who are Christ have past tense crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. For if we live in the spirit, which what that means is if Christ's spirit lives in you, if Christ's spirit lives in you, if you live in the spirit, then let us walk in the spirit every day. Let us walk in the spirit. And and so um, there's there's so many scriptures that I want to turn to and talk about, because some people look at this and say, well, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. Oh, my goodness. Does that mean I lose my salvation? Not what he's talking about. Matter of fact, if you look, you can look at this later. But in first Corinthians six, verse nine, Paul's talking to the Corinthians and he says he's talking to him kind of about the, the same thing. And he says, we know that the unrighteous, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. So listen to what he said. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what he's talking about is those who are unrighteous. Well, if you're a believer in Christ, you're not unrighteous. 
You're righteous. You may have unrighteousness happening here and you may have unrighteousness happening here. But if by faith you have received Christ, even though unrighteousness may be at work here in your flesh and unrighteousness may be work at work here in your flesh, you are not unrighteous. You have been made righteous. So first Corinthians six about those who those who um the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's true because you are only unrighteous if you don't believe in Jesus. But in this scripture, he doesn't say that. In this scripture, he says those who practice such things. You say, well, pastor, what does that mean? Well, like I told you before, it's a real dumb idea to approach the word of God with the mentality and approach a relationship with Christ with a mentality of how much sin can I do and, and we can still be OK in our relationship. That's a bad approach. We need to get a vision and a passion to live, to live here and here. According to what's in here. God has made us righteous. So why? Why are we? Why are we making excuses? And why? Why does the church defend the right to sin? I don't understand. Why are we not having a passion, encouraging one another, uh, not beating one another up? Because we all struggle with sin. We all have struggles in both of these areas with sin. But but why don't we encourage one another saying, listen, you have been made righteous. You can overcome that sin. Christ in you will will do two things. He will work in you to will and to do um his righteousness in your life to empower you to overcome sin, that you can think differently, you can feel differently, you can create different desires in your heart. When you take God's word and sow it and implant it into your soul and let it take root in your spirit where Christ will fertilize that thing and through the root of God's word, Fruit will rise up through your life and you will experience the righteousness of God. You will experience there ain't no high like the most high. You will experience the goodness of the Lord as his good works are flowing through your life. So why in the world would the church, whether under law or under goofy grace, create some doctrine and some teaching and some culture that makes us all kind of say, well, we're just going to sin. That's just what's going to happen. We're, we're just going to sin. I'm not talking about judging people and criticizing and condemning people for, for their hangups and for different things, but encouraging them and saying, you're not a victim. You're not a slave to sin anymore. You can look at that beer. You can look at that alcohol. You can look at that cigarette. You can look at that pornography. You can look at that worry. You can look at that anxiety. You can look at that pride. You can look at whatever it is that gossip, you can look at that gluttony, you can look at it and say, no, no, I say yes to Jesus and I'm going to put his word in my heart and I'm, I'm not going to allow the, the flesh to work in me. So anytime I see the walking in the flesh or the works of the flesh, that what it's saying is this is what the flesh looks like when the flesh is at work. So when you feel in your life those things and others that are sinful happening, you need to re remind yourself the flesh is at work. Hold on. The flesh is at work. The flesh is trying to hijack my day. 
The flesh is trying to hijack my destiny. I ain't going out like that. No, no, I am, I am a new creation in Christ. I am a child of God. I'm a saint. I have been made righteous. I have heavenly authority. I have the keys of the kingdom. I have a word from God and I've got authority to speak to my flesh to say no to my flesh, to say no to the devil, because I've already said yes to God. And every day I'm going to put God's word in my soul and I'm going to trust God to work out my salvation, that what he works in me, I'm going to work through my life. So I will cultivate a culture within me that's according to the new identity I have not the old identity I have. So you got to see yourself righteous. So when you see yourself getting drunk on beer, you got to think that, that don't make any sense. That, that doesn't make any sense. And you got to go pour all that stuff out and say, that's not who I am. That's not what I want. And that makes me feel sad, not happy. Drunkenness and sin and any works of the flesh does not bring me joy. It brings me sadness. That's the thing that's killing my life. You think it brings you pleasure. You think that lust brings you pleasure, but it's destroying your life and it's lying to you. And if you walk in the goodness of God and the righteousness of God in Christ, he will purify you and prepare you for a godly relationship that will blow your mind. That will be better than any ungodly relationship you've ever been in because God's the one that created sex. The enemy is the one that distorted it, distorted it. And you think ungodly sex brings you pleasure. Wait until you, you do it God's way. I'm going to tell you, man, he'll he'll change your life. But we believe the lie. We believe the lie that we can we can, you know, that that, you know, the enemy weighs better. And we let the flesh, which is not our identity. We let the working, the working of the flesh, in our soul and in our body. Talk us out of. The righteous, good, holy, amazing, beautiful, pure life that Jesus has brought us up to and into. And we just believe, oh, I'm just going to sin because I'm a sinner. But one day I'm going to go to heaven and then it'll be good. No, it can be good right now. It can be good right now. You got to get a vision and a passion to walk in the spirit. To say, it's not your effort. It's not your strength. It's your thoughts, your emotions, and your desires submitted to him. So every time, it's like, you know, it's like if I went to a doctor and they said, you need to start eating healthy. Well, doctor, I really love Twinkies. Yeah, John, I know you love Twinkies, but you need to start eating bananas. So what would happen is every time I wanted a key, every time I felt like I needed a Twinkie. Every time I thought a Twinkie would be a really good idea right now, at the speed of my appetite, at the speed of my hunger for the evil and ungodly, every time I'm reaching for the Twinkie, I say, no, no, I don't want that Twinkie. I don't feel like that Twinkie is going to bring me any pleasure, and that's not going to bring God any pleasure. It's not going to bring me, me any pleasure. So I don't want that Twinkie, and I think that Twinkie is a bad idea. So at the speed of my appetite, I say no, and I say yes. 
And every time I feel like reaching for the Twinkie, I reach for the banana and I eat the banana and I establish a whole new emotional connecting uh, connection around eating the banana. Oh, this is a good banana. God, I thank you for this banana. God, oh, it tastes like the fruit of the spirit. God, I thank you for this banana. And just like you had an emotional connection around your sin, you break that emotional connection around your sin, which was actually destroying your life. And you bring the emotional connection to the thing that God has for you. So you want to stop smoking? Every time you look at a cigarette, you retrain your brain according to your new identity in Christ that that's not God's will for my life. That's killing me. That's not bringing me life. That's not relaxing me. That actually stresses me out. And you retrain your brain and see it for what it really is. Not through the distorted mirror of sin. You see that cigarette for what it really is and you say no no I don't want that and you say it with passion you say it with boldness you preach it like you mean it and you and then you go you know I don't know get a a banana and eat a banana and when you eat a banana instead because you are now breaking that connection of ungodliness and you're going to something godly and you're reconnecting yourself oh God thank you for this banana God I thank you that I'm eating this banana and God it's good And all of a sudden you're retraining your brain in the pleasure of the Lord and you will experience the goodness of God as his good works are being worked out through your life because you live in the spirit. You walk in the spirit every single day. So anytime you see the flesh at work, it's time to get the spirit to work. So every one of those things under the list of the spirit you have right here. So you cannot ask God to give you what he's already given you. The fruit of the spirit is in your spirit in seed form. And what has to happen is you put that word in here. It goes down into the root. It'll begin to be released out. So you need to tell yourself, I have righteousness. You need I have love. I have self-control. I have self-control. Twinkie, I have self-control. I'm not going to know. Twinkie, I have self-control. Here, banana. Come on, banana. I love me some bananas. And you tell the Twinkie how much you love bananas. And you watch the fruit of the spirit grow through your life and he will transform you. Tomorrow we'll talk more about practically how to do that with some new habits and new things that I talked about the inner culture, but you got to rearrange things in your house. You got to rearrange your car. You got to rearrange your schedule. You got to redo some things so that the routines of your life and the daily habits of your life match your new identity in Christ, not your old identity in Christ. And God will transform you because He's preparing you for a harvest. Father, in Jesus' name, may your blessing rest upon your people. And I thank you for all your word being at work in our life. Transform us and change us in Christ's name. Amen. Love you. See you tomorrow at seven.